0: She did some.
1: Oh, I want to dance with somebody. Is
0: that Donna Summer. I want
1: to feel the heat with somebody.
0: <laughs> I love the faces you make when you sing.
1: Whitney Houston. Oh, Whitney.
0: Yeah.
1: With oh, somebody but who loves, loves me. Oh, they say your I do want to dance. whole other persona my weekend my weekend job is I am Whitney Houston impersonator
0: (laughs) we just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations
1: yeah we try to know what we're talking about but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees (laughs) it's mainly for entertainment
0: Right, so if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please, talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help.
1: And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones.
0: Welcome to Freudian Sips,
1: the podcast about brains, beverages,
0: and other BS. I'm Bonnie,
1: and I'm Anna. Why are you doing that with your hands? It's like
0: it's like spirit <laughs> you know, hands. So you're like, <laughs> let the show begin.
1: <laughs> She's had one sip of a drink.
0: I had about four actually. Whoa! And you I, get sneaking them on yeah. away. <laughs> four big drinks. Four big drinks. So what episode are we on anyway? Forty-eight. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> multiple of four,
1: multiple of 12. is a are. nice number.
0: You can, like, divide it a whole bunch of different ways. And <laughs>
1: Teachers have, I think that's something that teachers think about, like, oh, I can make groups of 12, I can make groups of four, I can make that's groups That's exactly
0: of right. 48's a nice little plump number.
1: <laughs> you divide it by three. 16.
0: <gasps> oh my gosh, you could. You could do almost anything with
1: 48. is <laughs> a great number. <laughs>
0: it's gonna be one of my favorite numbers for now on <laughs> okay no I'm kind of getting excited about getting to number 50 that seems like a big deal. it does to me. seem
1: like we're gonna to have to think of something exciting really if anyone sh- has any exciting ideas for 50 I really want to do a mailbag episode actually So if if you're, if you're listening to this, (laughs) (laughs) Mom will provide the theme. I will. episode. But if you are listening to this and you have questions about anything we've ever talked about, like I want to open the floor. Just anything we've talked about, or if you have your own psychology story you want to share and you want us to kind of tackle. If you have other questions about other stuff that maybe we won't do a whole episode about, but you want to ask... Send us an email at at sipspod at gmail.com or, or tweet us at freudian sipspod or get a hold of us on any social media. Basically, just mm-hmm. I, I would really love to set something like that up. If we can't manage to do it for 50, we will do it for something else, <laughs> but but we'll do something else for 50, maybe. I don't know, we might just skip it. It's a lot of pressure, <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> but I would love to do
1: that. So, That'd if be you awesome. have anything,
0: yeah, please do that. That's a great idea, Anna. Thanks, Rob. Good idea. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> so, pre-roll before we talk about what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, I realized we didn't talk last time, and we should have because we were just plugging all our stuff. We didn't plug our merch. We didn't? We didn't.
0: My goodness. I mean,
1: we kind of, uh, we did at the end in our oh, little... Oh, we always do that. Yeah. But we have the coziest shirts. We have the stickiest <laughs> stickers. We have <laughs> You're the, muggiest for- <laughs> <laughs> the muggiest
0: mugs. The muggiest
1: mugs. <laughs> And you can get this all and more. I think we have throw pillows. Why did I make that? I think we have throw pillows. <laughs> oh, tote bags.
0: We, like do tote tote bag? bags. Yeah, we do tote have tote bags. We do have tote bags. Yeah. I think
1: I made a blanket.
0: Oh my gosh. I went I crazy. Didn't see that. Yeah.
1: But yeah, you can go to FreudianSipspod. and there's a merch link right there on that front page, or anywhere you navigate on the site, it is it is present. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go check out our merch and if you want to wear us on
0: your body. <laughs> You can. That sounds strange, but yeah. <laughs> we would we would allow that, I guess. We would encourage that. <laughs> encourage we would encourage that. To our wear uh, us on your our body. faithful
1: listener, Kim, and one of my bestest buddies. Hi Kim. Hi, Kim. Was uh, listening to the last episode and she said she wants a shirt of reach for the moon because even if you miss, you'll explode in the vacuum of space. <laughs> she said, please make that. I would wear that. So I'm debating. I'm debating whether I should make it. Tweet us that. If you want to see that on a shirt, tweet yeah. us that
0: too. I might put up a poll. That's a good idea. Not like to dance on, but to like. A
1: poll. <laughs> yeah, mom, that's, well, there's room. It's fine. I
0: kind of have my mind in the gutter today.
1: was kind
0: of thirsty today a little bit. <laughs> sorry, Anna. I'm sorry if that's traumatic for you, my daughter. <laughs> yeah,
1: she asked me if I was uncomfortable with it. I'm like, <laughs> just surprised, really.
0: I'm okay, I'm okay.
1: <laughs> so mom, mom, what Anna, we, mom, what are we talking about today?
0: Today Stop we are going to noise. talk about, I don't know where we, that's a bad noise. <laughs> about a lovely gentleman named Lev Vygotsky.
1: Vygotsky.
0: Vygotsky. He has the coolest name. He really does. In the world. I wondered if like Lev was short for something, but I couldn't find it anywhere else, so no. that must just be it. There's Lev. Lev. But it's so fun to say Vygotsky that you hardly ever say Lev anyway. So Vygotsky.
1: Lev. What what could it be short for?
0: Levity. Levity is what I thought of. <laughs> levend Lever. Lever. <laughs> lever. His name's Lever Vygotsky. Uh, Levite. Well, that, is that even a name? Levi. Lev. Levi. No, I like Lever. Lever. No, I'm
1: I'm really I'm sold on Lever okay, Vygotsky. Lever
0: Vygotsky.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm a lever, not a fighter. <laughs> and he is was a good guy who did a lot of research about i always say it wrong sociocultural theory
1: that's right you did it right good job thank you (laughs) he he's a i would qualify him as a developmental psychologist okay he did a lot of i development learning stuff
0: yeah i call him a constructivist
1: that's in the same category, mm-hmm. which will explain all these. If you're uh-huh, listening to this, like uh-huh. what the hell are these And girls they were just throwing around? these words
0: around because we want to look so edgated. So smart.
1: We're pushing our so glasses smart. up as we talk. <laughs> Speaking of being a developmental psychologist, can I tell you about our drink today?
0: Please do. It's delicious. It is very it's delightful. Delicious.
1: Our drink today is called Another Level.
0: Oh. So I've been drinking it and I didn't know what it was called. I always wait to tell her. Yeah. So I'm being surprised with you sipsters. I'm surprised. She wasn't
1: faking just (laughs) this.
0: That was pure joy and excitement.
1: I found it because I searched Lev. So another level. His name's Mm -hmm. in there. Another lever, maybe. But, (laughs) But... I thought this was appropriate also, because one thing we will talk about that Lev came up with was uh, scaffolding, scaffolding, which I'm sure you'll talk about, mm-hmm. which is basically getting to another level of your of your knowledge and of your learning. Mm-hmm. So I thought another level was perfect for what we were talking about. It is Bailey's Irish Cream Liqueur. It is Triple Sec Liqueur. And it is Amaretto. It is delightful.
0: All <sighs> good things. Good. And Anna put it in a little thing and mixed it up. Shaken, it and all over because I wasn't holding stirred. the right thing to the shaker. I wasn't going to share that part. I am. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna
1: air it. I'm Gonna air my shame. Just, just put it out there. Anna shaming. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah, it was. It was bad. It got all over the counter. Got on my computer. It's fine.
0: But everything's okay now. My computer right. tastes like Bailey's. Just lick it once yeah. in a while. <laughs> uh, like, mmm. okay. So he was. Um, Vygotsky was a What's that word when you live at the same time and you do the same studies as Piaget? Contemporary. Thank you. That's the word. Sometimes when you get old, words escape you, and you have to ask your daughter what the word is. Yeah, it's because you're old.
1: You haven't been doing that my whole life.
0: <laughs> Sometimes when you're doing too much alcohol, <laughs> words escape you because brain cells have been killed. <laughs> yes. So Vygotsky, yeah, was a contemporary of Piaget. Yes, whom we have spoken about have previously. Spoken on
1: of episodes forty-two and forty-three. Oh, he was Piaget a twofer. He was a twofer. Yeah,
0: because he's got a lot, a lot. going on. Yeah. Well, lot. He he
1: had a stage theory. He had he talked about in the context of of learning, especially in intelligence. He he talked about the stages that people go through in developing. How they learn and how they conceive the world.
0: Right. And so Vygotsky also is going to, we're going to hear, is talking about learning and how we learn. Um, but we heard a whole heck of a lot more about Piaget early on and didn't hear so much about Vygotsky until much later. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you talk about that in your... Okay. Well, then let's just get into it, shall let's, we?
1: Let's, let's crack just, into it. Let's just
0: jump in there.
1: Jump into it.
0: Go, in a go.
1: <laughs> so I am doing the history
0: dun da 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 da
1: da I have a clean cut of that that I will insert right here I can't wait I have done it before have you have you heard it I can't remember what other episode I put I couldn't
0: I didn't hear it I know you told me you did but I've never heard it so I wonder what episode it was I must not listen to that one I thought I've listened to all of them, but.
1: How could you not listen to an episode that you had already recorded so you knew everything we said? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I can laugh at it all over again and go, gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> God, we're we funny. are freaking hilarious. <laughs> I'm my biggest fan. <laughs> good job, I leave the Bonnie fan club. <laughs> <globe.
1: laughs> okay. Lev Simkovich Vygodsky was born November 17th, 1896, in Orsha, Belarus, in the Russian Empire. At the time. What was the Russian Empire? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is now. I didn't look that up. <laughs> but he was raised in the city of Gomel. G-O-M-E-L. Gomel? Yes.
0: G-O-M-E-L. G-O-M-E-L. Gomel. Gomel. Something like that.
1: Gomel Adams. I don't know. That's actually what came to my mind. Gomez, Yeah. Yeah. His family was non-religious. They were kind of middle class, but they were Russian Jewish. So they were Jewish by by culture and by heritage, not by religion. Hmm. Uh, They were extremely cultured just as a family. They were super into art. They were into history, literature, theater. So Lev got exposed to a wide range of interests really early on in his life. And he was very into the history of the Jewish people. Uh, he was into the culture, uh, the traditions, Jewish identity, basically. He was very interested in that part of his heritage. Hmm. So his father was a banker. Lev was homeschooled until 1911. I I wasn't going to talk about this, but I have to. <laughs> he, was, he was Uh-oh. taught by a private tutor named Solomon Ashpiz, who was a mathematician who spent time in exile for revolutionary activity?
0: <laughs> wow, that's cool, right? I want him to be my tutor.
1: I know he sounds like a fun teacher, right?
0: I know he's like James Bond or something.
1: <laughs> so, so Lev eventually went on to get a formal degree uh, with distinction. It said, mm-hmm. "What does that mean, Mom? Like honors?" Yes. Yes. Okay. Cum laude. From a Jewish school, which then led to the University of Moscow. And he got into Moscow University through what was called a Jewish lottery. So at the time, schools put up a quota um, Mm. up to the limit, like to limit the percentage of Jewish students that could be in school at any given time. Wow. Wow. So certain sources I found differed. One source said 3%. One source said 5% for Moscow University. So that was the li- the top limit for how many students could be Jewish students. Uh-huh. Lev only got into the school through a random chance, that lottery system.
0: Wow. He like
1: got randomly picked to be one of those like 5%. Hmm. He wanted to study to be a teacher, but at the time, government-sponsored schools did not accept Jewish teachers and This harkens back to what we've talked about before, about there just being really limited options for Jewish people at the time. Right. So he studied medicine, and then he switched to law. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's very much like what our homeboy Freud did. Yeah. Except he started with law and then went to medicine. Uh Uh-huh. But... It was the same reason with Freud, because Freud was also Jewish, and he couldn't do certain, like, careers. Right. He wasn't allowed to. So, very much like that, Lev had to kind of go into one of a couple things. (laughs) This is where it gets a little fuzzy. There's a lot about Lev that is just kind of gone. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of information about what happened, especially after his schooling and before his professional life. Uh there's just not a lot about his personal life did he get married he got married he had two daughters eventually because yeah the information well kind of dries up eventually though uh several sources said he graduated in 1917 with a degree in law but the almighty wikipedia told me that he didn't complete his formal studies because of the bolshevik uprising in 1917 so I found several independent sources that said he did get a degree in 1917.
0: Yeah, everything that I read said that he got his degree in law. Yeah.
1: So Wikipedia, I mean, I even, like, I the source was like a biography huh. that it cited uh-huh. huh. on him. It said it didn't. Compl- I, I
0: guess it doesn't matter. I,
1: I don't know. He went to school. He was well-educated. He was very well-educated. He was very smart, I mean, for right. to graduate with distinction and stuff like that. So he's, he's a really smart guy. Mm-hmm. The common thread here is that he eventually returned to Gomel, and information about him kind of goes radio silent around this time. It kind of picks back up around the 1920s where his journal publications, this is when he kind of informally changed his Jewish sounding birth name. So Lev Simkovich Vygotsky is different than what we were saying before. I know it sounds very similar. Lev is the same. L-E-V. That stays. Simkovich, his middle name is S-I-M-K-H-O-V-I-C-H, and his surname, Vygotsky, is V-Y-G-O-D-S-K-I-I.
0: Oh.
1: So he changed this to Lev Semyonovich Vygotsky. So Vygotsky instead of Vygotsky. Right. But even that is V-Y-G-O-T-S-K-I-I. So the, the Y at the end was just kind of an anglicization of it yeah yeah the the english spelling Mm -hmm. of the name that was kind of put onto his writing eventually i do have to mention in 1920 lev had his first of many attacks of tuberculosis he was worried he wouldn't survive he even went so far as to gather up all of his writings all of his work and send it to a mentor oh and this kind of led to a preoccupation with death Mm -hmm. that he had which is understandable i mean that's well and facing it just staring it in the face and yeah and so he, he did survive. He, he got better, and he went back to his work. In 1924, he took part in a psychoneurological congress where he presented a paper called Methodology of Reflexological and Psychological Research.
0: <laughs> and that's a mouthful.
1: <laughs> and that's my time, folks. Thank you. That, that was his whole paper. No, I've, I've, I've heard titles that are so much yeah, longer yeah, than that. It's some. not that bad. So after this, because he, he wowed. I mean, the conference loved it. So after that, he got an invitation to become a research fellow at the Psychological Institute in Moscow. And he moved there with his new wife, Rosa Smetkova. Mazel <laughs> Um I don't know when they have their kids. Your I I uh, Russian
0: accent is awesome, though. You should just do everything in Russian accent. Da. <laughs> <laughs> he went through with new life. Yes, multiple stuff.
1: This is the best part of this story for me. Okay, he got to be a teacher and researcher when he was a research fellow. Aww. So remember how he wanted to be a teacher, and he, a couldn't? teacher and he could. He to. finally got to be a teacher. Yay! Thought it was cute. He he finished his dissertation on the psychology of art in 1925. That's interesting. It is, and it, it wasn't mentioned a lot in other like. In his theories and stuff, that doesn't really come up, but it's just one of the things he was interested in just because of the way his family was and stuff. Like, that's
0: just what they would talk about. Honestly, when I suggested we do this, that was what caught my eye, and I thought, Anna would like that. I but didn't this really guy look into is somebody it a lot. Who, But I agree with you that it was from his childhood and stuff, yeah. his, his love of culture and...
1: Yeah, it doesn't pop up a lot. I mean, Mom's going to talk about the theories soon, but it. from what I read of the theories, it doesn't... It's not in
0: there. That's yeah. That's not part
1: of it, no. So it's just... A thing he did his dissertation on, which right. I do think I don't know because I'm, I'm not gonna do a, a Ph.D. I don't, never gonna do a dissertation. Never say never. I'm done saying <laughs> never. But I, I think that there are a lot of people who did. Like we even talked about who is it Pavlov who like did his his thesis basically was something he hated and he like tried to burn all yes, the copies yes, of it. Yes, yes, he didn't
0: want anybody to read it. Yeah, so it was... I
1: think there are definitely people who do something just because right. that is something they feel like they can nail
0: right <laughs> I can just get this done and which yeah. i feel like
1: probably was the psychology of art for vegazzi maybe it wasn't published until 1960 though which is a common thread of his his work mm-hmm. um, he wrote a lot and it wasn't published until later mm-hmm. he also wrote a book about the pedagog pedag- pedagogical pedagogy peditive pedag- pedag- Pedagogical, 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 (laughs) pedagogical. Okay, bipedal (laughs) (laughs) petals on a flower. Pedagogical, I think. Okay, because isn't it pedagogy?
0: Pedagogy, pedagogy. I don't know. (laughs) I always say pedagogy, but maybe that's wrong.
1: Pedagogical psychology. That's what he wrote about. Okay.
0: What does that mean?
1: I don't know. What does pedagogy <laughs> mean? <laughs>
0: I look it up. All right. Google that baby. Pedag
1: Google that baby. <laughs> <laughs> pedagogy. Wait a minute.
0: Let's see if it says how to say it too. Pedagogy. You were right It's about petals on a flower. The, the study of the me-
1: yeah the method and practice of teaching. Why is pet?
0: What? Okay. <laughs> the, the
1: word. The word. Oh, it comes from the Greek pedagogia which is the office of pedagogue <laughs> i guess that means a teacher is he
0: like the headmaster of the school of wizardry what? <laughs> yeah it's dumbledore
1: <laughs> i could see yeah. him
0: doing some pedagogy Pe-
1: pedagogue <laughs> pedagogue he's a, pedagogue. Is a
0: teacher hmm. okay well that clears that all up <laughs> great now where this did we start <laughs> This has been Word Origins with Bonnie this and Anna. rabbit hole is brought to you today by the letter P. In
1: 1925, uh, he went to London to a Congress on Education of the Deaf. And when he got back, he was hospitalized for a relapse of tuberculosis. Oh. He survived, but he was rendered an invalid for a oh, year. Uh, sad. He, he got his degree for his dissertation in absentia.
0: So I don't know if that's... he's really very young at this point.
1: Yeah, 25, 20... Yeah. 29? I mean, that's pretty accomplished for under 30.
0: He accomplished a lot, yes. He accomplished a lot before his death.
1: Really did. From 1926 to 1930, after he recovered from this bout of tuberculosis, he worked on a research program looking at the development of higher cognitive functions. So memory, attention, decision-making, language comprehension. He wanted his students and his colleagues to look at things from several different approaches. That was something he was really big about is... Looking at the whole picture, basically. So we wanted to let them to look at it through instrumental, developmental, cultural, historical. He wanted to look at it from a lot of different lenses. Uh, in the 1930s, he had some deep personal crises. Hmm. Uh, personal and theoretical. It led to him being super critical of himself and trying to radically revise his theories. Hmm. It included a shift that took from the influences of gestalt psychology. Uh and other holistic psychologies. He was trying to establish a psychological theory of consciousness. That was kind of his next big work. Unfortunately, before he could finish this, his life was cut short on June eleventh, 1934, when he died of tuberculosis. He was Mm. 37.
0: Mm. That's really
1: hard. That makes
0: me really sad. What he could have accomplished. Uh, With all he already did accomplish in those those short years. Do you think that crisis point was because he knew he was going to die and he wasn't going to be able to finish everything?
1: I think it did have a lot to do with, I mean, just the first time he had tuberculosis, making him feel that death anxiety. Right. And then for that to happen again, I, I think it's not a far stretch to say, you know, because it had happened again, it brought up all those feelings he knew,
0: again. He knew it was going to get him. He yeah, had that in his heart. I think so. But, and
1: it, and yeah. it is eventually what got him. He, uh-huh. he died. Um, he had contracted tuberculosis from his brother, who he was caring for,
0: mm. which is
1: just so sad. Uh, one thing I read about him was that his family, along with kind of teaching him all these cultural things and, and art and everything like that, is that he learned to be the caretaker for his siblings. He mm. his His mom kind of took him and helped him do that. So... So I think he was very much a caretaker, and he did care about that a lot. So it makes sense that that's kind of what got him in the end. It's just sad that it had to happen so soon. Yeah. Um, But he wrote hundreds of articles. Like I said, kind of the sources differ. I I read anything from like 160 to like 250 or so. Good Lord. And And he he had had, like, how
0: many major books? Because he had, I think, 10 10. is what comes to my head.
1: But he had a lot of lectures, too. Uh, A lot of these things were published posthumously. But it wasn't until, like you said, later. Like I said, his dissertation came out in 25, and it wasn't published until 60. So I don't know what the big holdup was.
0: What I read was the holdup was that it was the Russian the war happening kept yeah. kept his stuff you know didn't release it to the world basically and yeah. so it had to be there was pretty constant yeah, conflict happening the conflict in the and the history of the russian environment that kept his stuff kind of hidden right until much later
1: but unfortunately my history for him is much shorter than usual because he his life was shorter mm-hmm. than
0: usual so but like you said he accomplished so much in the short years that he had he it's did really a lot amazing yeah so should we look at his main theory idea Mm -hmm. so basically um, I'm trying to think of how to best start it and I think I'll start it with something that I read that I just I think is really cool because we talked about how Piaget talked about um, development and he had like those stages and Mm we talked about that in, in other episodes and Lev didn't have stages he didn't do the stages he thought it was kind of a continuous thing and actually Piaget's stages stop at a certain point like you stop that cognitive development yeah. stops, according to his stages. but Which um, I
1: think we've been pretty vocal in all our <laughs> stage episodes about how God. stupid that, that is. That doesn't make
0: sense. Lev was very specific that that learning cognitive development goes on until you die. Right. Like it Which goes on forever.
1: Something I think is important just to remember on a personal level, like to Absolutely. try to keep learning.
0: Absolutely. I think
1: some people think, like, I'm not in school, so I have to stop learning now. But we've you always got to keep learning.
0: Your mama used to say that you don't stop learning until you die. That's and a good I one. know that that's really true. So um one of the little quotes that I saw said like to compare the way Piaget thought and the way that Lev thought was we do not learn because we develop instead we develop because we learn. Oh, Isn't that good? Oh, I
1: like it. I don't
0: know. It's very good.
1: Did you see I I found this, I can't even remember which source it was, but there was a little like, did you know box? And it said, did you know Lev Vygotsky has been called the Mozart of psychology? What does
0: that mean? (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I did not see that one, but I did say that, see that he's called the father of, where did I write that one down? Mom's got her flippy floppies. I got my flippy floppies. He was called, oh, the father of social constructivism. Okay, sure. So that's not the Mozart. I mean that's kinda like The Mozart Morin of Social Constructivism. Because <laughs> probably Pi- Piaget is called the father of cognitive construction. Constructivism. Everyone's, Everybody's everyone's somebody's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's Who's your daddy.
1: Everyone's some
0: psychologist's <laughs> daddies. So the heart of, of his theory is something that's called Oh, I never say it right. Oh, the God. zone of proximal development. You said
1: it right. Thank you. you I keep, have to. I have to
0: look right at it. You keep setting the bar it. very low. I know that you way keep, I feel better when I actually pass saying, it. I can't say this. And I then can't say that. It, let me show you. First try.
1: <laughs> I didn't cut that. Everyone. She said it first try.
0: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and I. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this when you hear it, but the way I feel about it as I read it is like. Uh, yeah. What's your point? <laughs> it's kind of like, d- do we have to put words on this? We know this. Well, the,
1: your qualifications here are significant, I think, because uh, you
0: have been in teaching. I'm an for a educator. Long time. Yeah, that's true. So, and that was another reason that I actually wanted to talk about Vygotsky today was because I am my, maybe I could say my first career love is being a teacher. Yeah. So yeah, education is important to me and to me I think that all teachers should have at least some level of psychology education oh, yeah. because oh my gosh.
1: I think I'm a big proponent for everyone having at least a psychology minor. Yeah, yeah. Like
0: everyone. Just to I, learn how to live in the world. There's Yeah, there's never going to be a time where you don't use psychology. That's psychology really true. Psychology is how brains work. We're always going to be dealing with someone's brain. And even if it's just our own. Okay, so the best way for me to describe to you without pictures, because this is one of those theories oh, that kind of yeah. works with pictures best, Yeah, is that... We are, and, and Vygotsky said that all people are born with a certain amount of mental function. And, and there's a whole bunch of acronyms. I love acronyms. <laughs> so the first one Psychology I'm going to is EMF, which stands for elementary mental functions. EMF. And that is basically. It also
1: stands for that thing in Ghost Hunters. <laughs> what is that? Electromagnetic. Isn't that EPV? Oh, okay. Yeah. Electromagnetic fluctuations. Fung, feng Shui. I don't know what it is.
0: I don't know. (laughs) Where you can like hear the ghosties talking?
1: No, that's EVP. Oh, okay. That's electronic voice phenomenon.
0: okay. (laughs) Yeah, we watch too many of those shows. I'm going to... So EMF is... Wait,
1: electromagnetic fields. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When the ghosties are around you. Okay.
1: When it can tell that the ghosties are around (laughs) you. The ghosties are around us. This is not that. (laughs) This is different.
0: (laughs) This is that basically we're all born with a certain amount of mental functioning. Duh, Right. Okay. electromagnetic function yes and that as we go through life the emfs convert into hmfs which is higher mental functioning whoa, whoa, okay whoa. i'm just saying these because <laughs> they're <laughs> acronyms okay then my very favorite oh well i gotta hold that one you just said, i gotta hold it i gotta hold it for a minute okay because the whole idea of this zone is that we Well, let's talk specifically about a child because that makes it easier to understand. A child has certain things that they simply cannot do yet. Yeah. So a little child who does not yet know how to... Let's do something real simple like put a puzzle together. A little tiny child... Or like get a job. Let's start with a puzzle (laughs) now. Okay, (laughs) Get a job, baby. (laughs) Okay. Future Anna's children. (laughs) Be careful. Your mother has high expectations. Okay. So this little child cannot put a puzzle together. So that's his, you know, I'm in this place where I cannot. The goal is to build a puzzle. He can't. There are things he can do. He can pick up the pieces and look at them and whatever. So in between the what he can do and what he can't do is the zone I was trying to think of that. the The ZPD. I was trying to think of the
1: The zone of
0: proximal development. Thank you. ZPD is in the middle. So from what you what you can do and way over there, what you would like to do but you can't do yet, that's the zone right in the middle. Okay. And in that zone is where hopefully, and the idea is that someone will help you to get there. And that's the whole idea of this theory. Right. Is that we learn, duh, by someone helping us to learn. Yeah. I mean someone like…
1: Lev's big thing was how social interaction plays into learning. Exactly.
0: So that's why it's the sociocultural thing. So here, okay, so here's my very favorite acronym. MKOs. MKOs. Monkey knockouts. (laughs) Is a more knowledgeable other. (laughs) (laughs) And the more knowledgeable other is the person who helps us go through the zone to get to the other side of the zone. I love that
1: as an acronym. It's just words. You know, like when... I know, I know all acronyms are words. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are some acronyms like a PET scan. Like, I know that it's called a PET scan because I can't pronounce some of the words. The big words. fancy things, yeah. 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 So, I mean, some, some acronyms are because it's just too cumbersome right. to say it. But like, more knowledgeable other is just, so, just <laughs> words.
0: With this, Why they really like the them? acronyms. So, ideally, your more knowledgeable other might be a parent very often as a parent might be a teacher duh that's, that's the whole point your, of education, job. right? Yes, um, but it doesn't necessarily. We kind of automatically think of someone older or wiser, more yeah. educated, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. It just has to be someone more knowledgeable, like it right? Can be a peer. So true. this is what I'm talking about with you and I, Anna Marie. Is that quite often you're the MKO <laughs> in our relationship?
1: Thanks. I mean, I'm repaying the favor, I think, because <laughs> you were the
0: MKO when I was learning to do puzzles. I. That's very true. <laughs> I said to you, Anna. Look for the corner pieces. Oh, yeah. First. You
1: taught me to do that. And, I still do the edge pieces yeah, first. Yeah.
0: That's because that's the smartest way, the to way to do Actually, it. The correct way to do it. Actually, that's a really good example of, of how the zone works because the little person looks at the pieces and doesn't have the foggiest idea. So the MKO says, find the corner pieces first. Right. And, and the kid can do that because they look it for down corners. A bit. Yeah. And then you say, find all the straight pieces and they do that. And this is also a way of looking at that term that Anna used earlier, scaffolding. Yes. And scaffolding can kind of be looked at in two different directions. One is when you build a scaffold to paint a house and you go higher and higher, you know, to get to the top. So as you're learning, you start at the bottom, you don't know anything. And your teachers help you to climb up the scaffold, basically, until you get to the top. The opposite way of looking at that, and I've seen it written both ways, is that when you're painting a house, you start at the top. And you paint and then you take some of the scaffolding down. And then you paint because you want to paint the bottom last. Why? I just read this. Because if you paint, if you paint the bottom and then paint the top, you might drip down onto the bottom. Oh. So you paint, you're supposed to, not everybody does that. Sure. You're supposed to paint from the top to the bottom. And you're supposed to like remove the scaffolding as you accomplish it. So it's, it's just two opposite ways of looking at the same thing, which is scaffolding is that you learn little by little. Do you build the whole
1: scaffold first or do you like put a level up and then paint? And climb up that scaffold and use being up there to build the next level of the scaffold. Is that a stupid way to do it? Now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds stupid. <laughs>
0: <huh>? <laughs> but that's the way to look at it in learning. Yeah. That you learn down here. You learn the bottom. You know, you your first, as you're learning how to read, you know, you learn those first steps. However, whatever theory you're using in reading, whether right. it's phonics or sight words. And then you take a step up, you take a step up. But I would throw in here that the the term scaffolding was not used by Lev. He did not use that word. That came later. Someone huh. attributed, okay, like they named it that. Oh,
1: well, yeah, it's his idea. It's his theory. He just didn't use
0: that term. Right. Somebody else used. So, the term.
1: okay, in terms of not scaffolding, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: what is scaffolding? Like in terms of learning, in learning. So, so like when a teacher works with a kid. Let's go back to the reading thing again, and they mm-hmm. and they start scaffolding is like building up one. Okay. Piece of knowledge on top of another piece of knowledge,
1: but using the stuff you've already learned, right? Building on what you
0: already have, okay. scaffolding. Okay, and that can even go wider. I don't
1: know enough about scaffolds to know <laughs> that what this can, means. That
0: can go wider or broader. I don't know what the right word is in the educational system. Ideally, they call it spiraling. Sometimes in curriculum, <laughs> well, that sounds that's that negative, sounds negative in, yeah. in therapy. But where what you learn, so what you learn in the first grade, you know, you recycle it and you. Technically, you kind of learn it again in second grade, and they and they take what you've already learned. Sometimes you almost have to reteach it at the beginning of yeah. the year because kids forget like, I summer. can't remember, it's like 65% of what they right. learn. So then you have That's to- but we should
1: abolish summer. <laughs>
0: Stop. You're no, not we a...
1: need to break it up. Okay. To...
0: I'm okay with that.
1: I mean, I'm not saying, no, we should have a, a, a 12-month school year. I'm saying yeah. we should have nine months, just break it up into- Well, especially since now 3-1, teachers 3-1, never 3-1, get 3-1. there three
0: months anyway. Yeah. For sure. As you know, being married to a teacher, they never get that much time in a row. Yeah. Okay, so ideally, you you learn something in first grade, you build on that in second grade, and then you learn a little more. But a big, huge uh, part of this theory is, there are several big, huge parts. One is that you don't ever want to give a child or a person who's learning something new like the whole chunk at first because it's too overwhelming and then we shut yeah, down. Right. I mean, that's common sense, right? Yeah. We've all faced that at some point in our life where we're trying to learn something new and you look at the end product and you're know, like, holy crap.
1: I've done that. I've gotten to such a lazy point in my life where if I'm not working, like if my brain's shut off and I like come across something on like like Reddit and it's too long, I'm just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to read that. No, no. <laughs> too many no. words.
0: <laughs> so, so we want to scaffold we want to take little steps we want to remember i really wish that i could show you a visual because you have like it's kind of almost like a venn diagram with the two Here, circles draw it and i'll describe it to them so you have in one circle you have what you can do okay and then in can- this cando a cando, and what you <laughs> can do circle is what you can't do
1: okay
0: okay and then this is the zone this part where it overlaps So the kids hear like, I got these skills, and the teacher goes, okay, well, let me help you get some more skills so that you can, boom, be in this circle. It's making my brain hurt. Because okay. it is, a, she drew a Venn diagram. It is. With can do in one and can't See, do. Okay, say so this, this is the original. It's <sighs> just the same.
1: But what? I'm having a trouble with there being an overlap between can and cannot. That's a binary quality. But
0: because the reason you can is because your, I almost said significant other, your more knowledgeable <laughs> other is there. That's why you can. In that zone where it overlaps, you're doing something you couldn't do by yourself. Oh, okay, but because okay. you're more knowledgeable I other. I guess
1: I had it more of like a timeline, like oh, in my yeah. brain you described it. And
0: and see, that's another thing that, like in the beginning I said, there are no stages. But yet if you read about Vygotsky there are pages that say, here are the stages of the zone of (laughs) proximal. And it's like, he didn't have stages. I'd say steps are more like. So let me tell you what they said, the stages, but steps is a better word. The first step is that you have assistance from an MKO. So you're sitting with a teacher. And then the second step says, quote, assistance from yourself, which means the teacher (laughs) has helped you to figure out how you can now look up that information. Google it or whatever, and you have some prior knowledge. Third step is when you, this is one of those words that I'm not going (laughs) to say, automatization, 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 automatization. That is it. That is what the word says. Automatization, which means that now you don't even really need your MKO anymore. Now you're doing things. That needs an acronym. (laughs) AMC. Absolutely. You're doing it trial and error, though. You're still screwing up some, okay. And then the final one is de-automatization, which D- is where you You got it. You're in the now. You're in Vamps. the. You're in the. You've changed the can't do circle into a can do circle because now you can do it. And not only can you do it, but you can help other people do it. Okay. So those are the four steps. Now all of these words, 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 body has been words. pouring out. Words, words, words. Is basically this is how we learn. We yeah. learn by someone teaching us it's, something. It's, it's
1: very much like trying to push your brain back into a tiny box where you like, you know how to do this and you're trying to break down the steps of how you know how to do it. It's like multiplication tables or something. Yeah. Like, okay, but how do you multiply these things? It's like, you just you don't. Just do it. Five times four is 20,
0: idiot. Right. Stop exactly. trying to analyze it. I My mother told me one time, if you think too hard about algebra, you'll never get it. <laughs> If you yeah. think too hard about gotta it, do it you got to relax your brain i think that's true about everything in life if you think too hard about it screw it you'll never get there you if you just do
1: it. it if you just wing it it'll be fine eventually
0: that's really true so educators if you happen to be a teacher sipsters if you're a person who's in education I know in we have some several way, sipsters
1: who are teachers yeah hi
0: teachers maybe we love you we love teachers <laughs> Uh, maybe you've heard of Vygotsky. Maybe that's a name that you've heard of in your in your work in your education. And maybe you actually practically use some of his his theory. Yeah. Technically, you absolutely. Use well, I was going to say, that. I'm sure that's you what do. it is. You just may not know what you call. <laughs> you just don't it. call it that. Exactly right.
1: Yeah. When I when I said it to when I said to Nathan that we were doing Vygotsky this week, that he was like,
0: "Oh yeah, I know him. I know that name." Yeah. One of the things that is a little bit of a challenge with the idea of of using this zone theory when you're teaching is the challenge that's the challenge for basically teaching anywhere. And that is when you have a whole bunch of kids. Because the idea is that you have to know what a kid can do, you know, what's their circle of can do, and where, how wide is their zone. Because for some kids, you might need to be helping them way over here, you know, into their can do you have to reach way over there because their zone is bigger, which means that they need help longer or more in depth help. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense, right? Some of us get things quicker. Some of us, some of us have more prior knowledge, some of us are better at, at figuring out math, whatever the, the case is. We have different size zones, each mm-hmm. of us. We all have different size zones. We have different size zones with different topics. Yeah. So Yeah, it, we a, just have a natural aptitude right. toward certain things. So here's a teacher who has 25 kids. And they have to, in an instant time as they're teaching a math problem, have to look at the kids and figure out, okay, which kid is going to need more of my attention to right. get, because as their more knowledgeable other, the teacher standing in front of 25 kids, I've got to help them get through their zone So they can get to the other side and be knowledgeable. From what I
1: understand about, because I do work in schools a few days a week, like I go and do counseling in schools. Mm -hmm. From what I understand about being in that environment and also talking to my husband, who's a current teacher in one of those schools, Mm -hmm. like they're leaning more on having the more knowledgeable other be a peer. That they're doing more like group work and stuff.
0: And they're like breaking down into groups more often. And that sounds lovely. But it's not. But tell me, Anna, what was your experience like in school working in groups? (laughs) I was always the more knowledgeable other. Exactly. And how'd you feel about that? <laughs> I didn't like it. it I mean a lot I of think, pressure. I think some kids I mean, I, are, are I, strengthened there are, by that.
1: Well, I was going to say, there. I shouldn't put a blanket statement on it like that. There were times where I felt good about teaching somebody something. Mm-hmm. I, I like doing that, but... I don't like being in groups when there's not actual learning going on when I'm not helping anyone, when I'm just doing things to when do. Them. You're the
0: one doing the project yeah. because the other ones are looking at you like yeah.
1: Right. Like, yeah. I don't I don't mind so if I'm like a in a group who, someone who just like doesn't really get it and like, oh my gosh, I really want to get it. Right. Like that's great. I totally I want to help you
0: with that. But But even speaking so so there are some negatives, but speaking I know that you told me a story one time about one of your kiddos that you see at school. Being in a social situation with another student, who suddenly that little student kind of became the other counselor almost in that yeah. situation, you yeah. know. So that would be kind of an an example of when students do that themselves. Yeah, even. they
1: they find that role right. If they want that role.
0: There are those kids who step up and kindly, not pompously, but kindly, become that more knowledgeable mm-hmm. other for kids. Yeah, and that just kind of happens naturally, I think. So. I don't know if I have any other acronyms. I don't think I do. <laughs> I do want to throw in two real quick thoughts about Vygotsky. One is that he was very into language. Like, that was a big, important thing. And and he talked about how when we learn from our MKO, it's it's about language. It's about communication.
1: Right. And Which, that, duh. That,
0: exact That goes back yeah. to that. Do we really have to put that into words? But it's an important part of what he believed. And he said that's one of the reasons that, like, assessments – And standardized testing and stuff like that, he was not a fan of that at all. Because he said, that's not really how we learn or how we show what we've learned.
1: standardization is the opposite of what you just said. Right. It's like standardization is expecting everyone to be able to understand the same thing in the same way, which is dumb and not how it works. Right.
0: And the other thing that I wanted to throw in was that even though he –
1: I want to throw in something about okay, language go. because one of the things he talked about about language that I, I was looking at some of this too was mm-hmm. he said that our inner speech, which you and I call it self-talk. Yes. And there's, there's a lot, we work a lot with our clients on self-talk and usually about changing their negative self-talk to positive self-talk. But he said that inner speech is developed as a result of external speech that we kind of internalize,
0: uh-huh.
1: which is fascinating considering his work with deaf people. Oh, like he he said that like the inner speech, the inner voice that we have, is external speech that we have heard. Right. But it's like put in our brains. And I looked up a little bit about this, and the articles that I found basically said that deaf people think in ASL, or like I mean ASL right. or like there's right. different like Auslan for Australia right. and stuff right. like that. But like like ASL is American Sign Language, and they and they
0: think in ASL. Right. We can't wrap our brains around no, that. No, I I can't. I, I can't know. either. But remember in when we were in grad school, we had to practice being in a therapy session. We had session. to do a simulation of that, right? Yeah.
1: We had like an interpreter and we had someone who was being a a deaf person Uh who was acting in that role and we had to counsel this person with using like the interpreter
0: Uh and we had to practice very difficult it was
1: hard we had to like one of the things they said was you know look at the person you're counseling don't look at the translate. i mean look at them to but don't ask them questions right you know so it's hard to get your brain in that place but
0: i remember us talking about kind of what you just said that people who are hearing impaired don't think of the words the same way we yeah. do, basically. Well, and, and that's hard to ASL, understand. ASL, like
1: I think I have tried a couple times in my life to learn ASL, and it's always very hard because it's not it's not just English translated. Right.
0: It's its own language, yeah. And they have different syntax and everything. It's yeah. it's very interesting. But I like how you bring up that that's like like what we call self talk. Yeah, I like that.
1: Well, and he said that it's inner. He said inner speech was a way for children to control and direct their own actions and external speech plays a role in social and emotional development and everything right. like that obviously again right. but he also did a lot of research into play and how that serves a key role in how we my, learn
0: that was my last thing oh I'm sorry, no go no go but i don't that's really good. have a lot on it i just
1: that kids learning concepts a lot of the time, that learning of concepts comes through make-believe play, uh-huh. which also feels like something we've talked about. I think in our Erikson stages somewhere, uh-huh. which was like five episodes long. It's like seventeen to twenty-one. Yeah, like so the difference good between
0: group play and yeah, and individual play and using and having imaginary play friend. and imaginary play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean, that is again when we're talking about these developmental things. A lot of these developmental psychologists hit on the same things and just Mm -hmm. sort of conceptualize it a little differently. Right, right. But it's the same stuff. It's the same
0: stuff. I think one of the reasons that he maybe stressed it so much was because he was stressing how important it is to have those more knowledgeable others interacting with the children all the time, you know, like in order to teach them. Right. But he also wanted to kind of remind us that it's also important to let the kids just be kids. Yeah. And play and do imagination and that you can learn a lot about their developmental stage. I don't want to use the word stages because he didn't do stages. A lot about their cognitive development. Right. By watching their imaginative play and, and how they... Create characters, or how they interact with other children, or, or like I said, if they are completely by themselves, how they interact with their toys, and you know, I had a little client the other day who, <laughs> I was having such a hard time having a conversation with him because he was playing with these little Lego guys, and the little Lego guys were talking to each other, <laughs> oh, but every yeah. once in a while he would say something to me. But it would be in the same type of voice, and oh, I no. and I never knew what he was talking to me. It's or like when it was like, someone with a Bluetooth, like in the elevator yeah. with you, is that for, is that for me? <laughs> are you talking to me? What you know? And and I wondered about that that he hasn't quite Mastered separated that external yet. and yeah. internal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: that's really interesting. It is. Well, speaking of, I I like this kind of internal versus external because another thing that I read about his theories was something called mediation. Did you look at that at all?
0: I just saw it. I didn't really look into it, so tell me about so it. So it.
1: it's a constructivist theory about how constructivist theories are basically how we build the world. Right. it's what it sounds like. I right. mean it's how we build construct. the world and how we in this case, how we build our knowledge and this it's just how we construct things. So
0: that's, that's a good definition, Anna Marie. Gosh. Gosh, you should have a sticker.
1: Thanks. I should have a podcast. <laughs> 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 So mediation is higher mental processes being mediated by tools and that higher mental processes means like memory or reasoning or anything that's a higher mental function. HM. HMF. That's right. HMF. HMF. H-M-F. So tools can be things like materials, uh, s- symbols, but I wrote in my notes, symbols.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Smimbles. Smimbles,
1: you know. (laughs) It sounds like a breakfast cereal.
0: (laughs) Or some little creatures, little fuzzy creatures. It's little smimbles. (laughs) Smimbles.
1: Little smimby. Material symbols or even another person's behavior. Hmm. Uh, So an example of a material tool would be, and this is directly from a Vygotsky work, when a human being ties a knot in her handkerchief as a reminder, she is, in essence, constructing the process of memorizing by forcing an external object to remind her of something. She transforms remembering into an external activity, which I think is just a cool ass concept. I love it.
0: It also shows the, the datedness of that information. The handkerchief? The <laughs> handkerchief? Know.
1: Especially, I thought his use of the feminine pronoun was interesting there. Yeah,
0: that is interesting
1: notice that a lot in psychology when they're talking about like a subject they use they feminize it they, they say like she is that or her. a negative thing i don't think so I, I i didn't read it that way like
0: freud thinking oh all for a woman freud it's histrionic. probably
1: it's, pro- <laughs> it's probably negative with freud our voice I mean, that, is that
0: the roots of it i don't know I, on, women, I honestly women don't have know. mental I, illness i didn't Mendo? it's
1: just hitting me that i i realized that when i was reading i'm kind of surprised that doesn't Piss you off. Well, I didn't read it as negative until now. (laughs) Leave it to me, baby. I'll I'll push your triggers. You're like, hey, Anna's (laughs) not pissed off enough about this thing. I'm going to help with that. Anna's not being a fiery feminist (laughs) right now. Anna's not got her SJW box out.
0: (laughs) Sorry. I should have looked at it like a positive thing. They value women so much that they use feminine pronouns. Sorry.
1: Mm. I I don't... (laughs) Well, I, I... I kind of like it because so often when we, we use a singular, we attach a male pronoun to it. Yes. Just off the top of our heads. But so that's why I think that it's... It's intentional um, and it's nefarious. I'm just
0: saying. Women
1: are the crazy ones? I don't think that's what... You're talking about tying a knot in a handkerchief, Bob. What the hell do you think about <laughs> handkerchiefs? Because
0: you can't remember? <laughs> what? Oh
1: yeah, I listen. I'm not gonna throw any stones here because I can't remember which way to throw the stones. I have a shitty memory. I am not gonna throw. I, I'm not gonna be like, no, no, women are far superior remembering. Like that, that's not something I'm gonna get on my. So box instead
0: about. of tying a knot in our handkerchief these days, we put a note in our phone.
1: Well, I was thinking of in. Time
0: it's string. a Wonderful Life. Yeah, time the time uncle on your having finger. all the strings around What's this. Is. One for? You can take that one off now. You mm,
1: Take that one off now. What'd you do with the money, you, you crazy, stupid old fool?
0: <laughs> or whatever he calls him, you
1: drunk old fool. I don't know what he calls him. But it's something very. That's a mean. great lie. It's really mean. <laughs> so basically we put things, the way I saw it described also is we put things between ourselves and the environment to give us a higher level of control, which you and I both like as yeah. controls. We're controlling a little bit. A little bit. So we can modify this thing between us and the environment because we can't necessarily modify the environment. Right. So we can't modify how much we remember. I mean, we could work on it, I guess. We can't modify that thing that we need to remember so we modify something else between us and that thing mm-hmm. so we can remember it. I, I just think it's cool how people can find ways to do that and find their own ways. I mean, that's why there's a thousand like budgeting apps and that's why there's a, mm-hmm. a thousand you know kinds of planners that we use because everyone responds to different tools. Right. Like, like the tying things on the on the guy's finger wasn't working for that guy in Wonderful Life. He needed a better tool. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that we are able to construct our own tools like that. Mom has a very pensive look and I think she's judging me, but I'm not sure about (laughs) what. I haven't quite figured it out yet.
0: Anna, (laughs) I'm not judging you at all. I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you.
1: Okay.
0: That's my totally agreeing. She was steeping her at,
1: fingers in front of her mouth <laughs> and I am like staring rest. into
0: the distance. I am resting in your knowledge. <laughs> okay. You more knowledgeable other <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. Oh. I think it's pretty cool that my kids have now turned in the, well, quite a long time ago actually turned into the more knowledgeable <laughs> others, which reminds remind me to ask you about my Netflix later, Anna. <laughs> 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 oh no i got some problems okay boomer <laughs> okay what didn't we talk about actually
1: before i ask you to thank the listeners i want to end with some quotes from lev oh that i found because I, I quite liked when That's you ended good. with quotes in our last episode i quite i thought that was charming i had yes. a good idea you had a great idea you Yay. have many good ideas oh thanks <laughs> so i have two from him A world devoid of thought is a dead thing, and a thought unembodied in words remains a shadow.
0: Wow. I I like like that. that. Right?
1: Right? That's awesome. It's deep. And then this one's great. Through others, we become ourselves. Isn't that sweet? Wow. Isn't that sweet? That's
0: the epitome of sociocultural. So sweet. It is very sweet. He's a sweet, soft boy. He is.
1: We miss you, love. Pouring one out for our fallen homie. dude. All you, right. You
0: had good ideas. <laughs> we like your stuff. We're big fans. Two thumbs way up, love. Two Lev. thumbs way up, love. Way up to heaven. So may I thank our listeners. Please do. Sipsters, we are so grateful that you are with us and we thank you for giving your time. And remember what Anna encouraged you to send us a message on one of those many, many social outlets. those, uh, My boomers coming worry. through again. You can, you can, you can <laughs> talk about, tell mom. You about it later.
1: <laughs> you can talk about mom in the messages because she can't read any of those things. <laughs> yeah, you can say nasty things <laughs> you about me. An whatever thing. you want on Twitter about mom, and she don't has know no mom. idea. <laughs> Please don't do that
0: because yeah, that will be my feelings. That, that's mean.
1: She's been asking me every couple days. She's like, I should get on Twitter, right? And I'm like, nah. no.
0: Because Anna doesn't want to me to see what goes on there. She's sheltering me from that trauma. It's <laughs> true. But thank you for being with us today.
1: Yes, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like mom alluded to, you can find us on all those social things. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're Freudian Sips Pod on basically everything uh, our site is freudiansipspod.com. And like I said, that's the best place to find our merch shop. Merch. Go, go get some merch. Unless you want a sticker. <gasps> don't bother buying a sticker. No, no. Don't be a fool. <laughs> don't be a fool. You got, you got to send us a review and then send us an email uh-huh. with a picture of your review and your address and I will send you a sticker. A free sticker. Free sticker. Free sticker. Gratis. Gratis yes totally free so if you want to email us those email us at freudiansipspod at gmail.com or please email us your questions yes. or your comments or your anything you want us to talk about mean on things the about air. mom don't email us anything about mom
0: <laughs>
1: don't say me things about mom on twitter either i will get upset that was anna a, knows it all that anyway. was a fun jest that was a fun joke don't do it Please remember to leave us a nice rating and a review. If you can do that wherever you're listening, we recommend iTunes or Podchaser. They're probably the best places to review us. Our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod. And it sounds like this.